very funnily went up to him and said, oh, is Jermaine, is it? I thought it was very funny. He goes, you can call me JJ if you want. This so the whole game, evil. I'm there, JJ, JJ. I even shortened it to J at one point. I was like, yeah. well, I scored and he didn't, so. <laughs> OTB AM, live weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app. Rugby on Off The Ball. With Vodafone, official sponsors of the Irish rugby team. We all belong to the team of us. Time for us to turn our attention to rugby, and I'm delighted to say we've got Joel Stransky with us. Joel, good evening to you. How are you? Good evening to you. I'm all good. Thank you very much. Nice to be chatting. Yeah, listen, you've been very patient with us. Thanks very much for for making the time for us. I'm really interested. Uh, I'm really interested to know what your instinct is about how things are going for South Africa at the moment, because from an outsider's perspective, things look pretty sweet for you guys uh, in terms of the, the succession line of talent coming through, the strength and depth, notwithstanding the injuries, and the style of play is evolving at the moment. It seems. Yeah, I think you. I think you're 100 percent right. I mean, there's no doubt we have a plethora of talent. We have we have great players in this country. We have great uh, senior players. We have a we have a factory pipeline that is just producing young talent that just keeps on coming through, and and we have, we have no shortage of talent. And and I think I think we're starting to progress a little bit in terms of the game plan. And I think if we're perfectly honest, in the last two years, as much as it was World Cup winning rugby. It was terrible watching us play. Up and under, after up and under, strong defence, more. It was. Uh, it wasn't pretty. It was. In fact, it was quite ugly to watch. But it was very, very effective. And we've, we've got a big, strong pack. We've got a good defence. Um, and we're very hard to beat, and we 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 do it well. But uh, I think teams have worked us out, you know. And I think we've had to just progress a little bit. And I think we've started that process of of, of progressing. And most importantly for this weekend, we've got, I think, probably a forced, a couple of forced changes, but changes that will really help. You know, Damien Villips at 10, Chesson Colby at 15, those, those are guys who want to run with the ball. Uh, talk to us a little bit about Villams at 10. What difference does having him there make when it comes to that style of play evolving like you're talking about? So, so Pollard is uh, is a great player. He's big and strong and powerful, and he's a good kicker of the ball. He's goal kicking. He's had the odd bad day, but generally it's really steady and uh, effective. He's calm. He controls the game well, but he's not a running ten. You know, for him to move the ball outside of himself, he stops to pass. He's not someone who naturally runs and passes and you know, draws defenders and creates space out wide for for the outside backs. He's not a stepper. He's, you know, he's, a, he's a big kid. He's a big young guy. Um, Damien Williams is exactly the opposite. He is born to run. You know, he's got quick feet. He steps. He, he attacks the game line. Um, he, he, because he's such a threat, you know, he draws in two, three defenders. He, he offloads well out the tackle. He offloads beautifully before the tackle. Strong passer of the ball. Um, and most importantly, he, he's, he's, as I said, he's born to run. He reads the running game. He knows where the space is, and he brings players into the space. And uh, you know, you, you'll notice when when he's playing, not only is he dangerous, but the players around him look more effective as well. It, it, um, it's obviously injury enforced, but has there been a move? Is this what we think that the the brains trust of South African rugby? And it's always difficult for us to know exactly who's in charge of the micro detail of selecting the ten. <laughs> is it is it Razzie or is it Nianabart? Like they're joined at the hip, so um, I guess. We, we, I don't think any of us know. I think that's the reality. And they all joined at the hip. I, I, I think if Pollard was fit, he'd be playing. And I, I think um, he suits the game plan that the coaches want to play. And I don't think the coaches want to move too much away from the game plan. And, and, and the reality is it's a game plan that is very, very effective. They work on a lot of data. They work on a lot of um, 
feedback from uh, opposition teams. They understand what works, what doesn't work, the referee's decisions, um, the style of refereeing. You know, they analyse all these things and they work out exactly where to play, what to play, when to play, and, and how much ball to play with, most importantly. And then, and then that goes a big kicking game with um, big pack of forwards that dominates and that is physical and hard to break down with a strong defensive system. It's, it's very, very hard to beat. And, and the reality is we've got two of the best front rows in the world. We've got, arguably, in, in Evan Etzebeth, the best second rower in the, in the world. We've got you know, big, strong, loose forwards who carry the ball. It's a powerhouse team. You know, why would you want to move away from that type of game plan if it is so effective for you and the way you implement it? So I don't see them um, wanting to move away from, from it. I, I think they've almost been forced to move away from it. If you, if you think back a few months, uh, our starting lineup, which was cast in stone and saw the injuries, was Pollard at 10 and then Damien Willemser at 15. And, and I think in many people's views, it was a very effective lineup. And when you know, the game had settled and, and they wanted to chase the game, they could you know, move Pollard to 12, move Willemser to 10, or they could you know, switch things around or take Pollard off. But there were options. I think right now they don't have those options, which is why you're seeing a guy like Colby at 15 and Willemser at 10. But what it does do, maybe it is just giving us a little hint of what this team is capable of if they, if they expand their horizons ever so slightly. Can you just talk to us a little bit about that? Because it's very interesting to hear somebody as um, steeped in the game in South Africa as you are talking about it being difficult to watch. And, you know, certainly other commentators from around the world would have said it was difficult to watch. But I haven't heard too many people from within South Africa saying, you know, this isn't great entertainment here, folks. Are, are you a lone voice saying that? Is there a, a consensus no. building? What, what's that conversation like? No, I think I think all all the uh, well, not all of them, because uh, it can never be all of them. But I think most of most of the guys I chat to about rugby and who who you know, and I, I host a, a chat show on 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 Super Sport a rugby chat show every Thursday. Most of the conversation is about how the Springboks need to, you know, just keep on building on this great platform they've got, but they need to build and they need to do things a little differently and a little bit better from an attack perspective. So I'm not the solo alone voice, but the the argument, and and the coaches will come back with this, they'll say the data tells you this, and the big pack of forwards gives you that, the strong defense, hard to beat, the stats and, the, and everything is in their favor. So it might not be entertaining to watch. But I can tell you, the, the other part of that is the fans, the spectators, they would much rather watch their team win playing slightly dull rugby than watch them lose trying to play, you know, a really expensive game. And I, I think, obviously, you know, that that's the winning argument when it comes to a coach whose job it is to win games, harvest trophies. And I, I, I can understand that, but it does seem as if eventually the rule makers, the lawmakers are trying to get the game to be more entertaining. So maybe there's a, a time in the future. You said a little bit that you thought that maybe teams have begun to work out this South African side. Is there significant evidence of that in the uh, rugby championship? Was it maybe the Australians who did it more often than the the All Blacks over the last tournament? Or how, when, when were you seeing those signs? No, so I, so I think I think Wales actually were the team that unlocked us a few times in that home series, particularly in the first two tests. You know, they they uh, they they got outside of us, and and I think that's where we've been so good. Our, our defence, our rush defence, led by Lukanyo Ahmed at uh, number thirteen, is is just they just he just reads the play so well, and he knows when to rush, when to shift. Um, the wingers outside him react alongside him, but but the Welsh found a way to get get around us or over us. And, and and they unlocked that that uh, that big rush defence. 
And I think on the back of that, we had to maybe just change our thought process a little bit. We maybe had to think about not rushing all the time, when, when to ship, when to hold, when to, you know, concede a bit of space, but, but make sure you don't get skinned on the outside. Um, but always to stay connected. And, and, and I think we've, we haven't quite got that 100% perfect in, in those games against New Zealand and Australia. Australia unlocked us once or twice. I think we lost to Australia because we played poorly on the day. I don't, I don't think it was that they were particularly good and that they'd worked us out. I think we had a really off day and, and, and we got beat. Um, at, El- at Emirates Airline Park, when we lost to the All Blacks, they were unbelievable on the day, and, and we probably got ahead of ourselves a little bit. But, but that is test rugby. You know, you have to be excellent for 80 minutes against the top teams in the world, else you get beat. And you know, Ireland will tell you the same thing. Yeah. I, I think, though, that, w- that, that when I look at the URC and the way, you know, Leinster have beaten or got around one or two of the, the SA teams, when you look at... Every now and then when we've lost a game, whether it's the, the Lions or the Sharks or the, the Bulls or the Stormers, whenever we've come unstuck, teams have worked out how to get around that rush defense. So it's not just at a test level. It, it is, you know, it's through, through all our, our, our rugby franchises. What do you think the impact of the South African teams being in the URC is going to be on the national side? Look, I, so I, I love it. I mean, I do miss, I do miss our, our franchises playing against the Crusaders and the Hurricanes and the, you know, the top New Zealand and the top Australian side, I do miss that. It was, it was wonderful to see the best Kiwis in action in our stadiums and it was wonderful to see our guys playing over there. But there's no doubt um, we watch more rugby now that we're playing in the URC because we don't have these awkward times. Um, it's easier for our players. It means that the players that are playing overseas in, in Ireland or, or even in England to a lesser extent or France to a lesser extent, but they're, they're always on the radar. They're always able to be in the Springbok mix. Um, and I think if you had to ask Rusty or, or Jacques, they would tell you that you know, they have English, Irish, French, Scottish clubs, whatever it is, funding you know, half of the Springbok playing squad salary, and they still get to watch them week in, week out, and get the benefit of picking them whenever they want. So, so I think it works for us. I think it does work for us. Um, what I do like is that the, the, the local unions, particularly the Sharks, have managed to keep a lot of their Springboks and you know, bring even a few more Springboks in because I think if you want to keep on producing young talent, you need that talent to be mentored by the older players, and I think you need a strong local competition um, for places and, and, a, and a place where those guys can go out and learn their trade. And I think we're still delivering on those fronts, which means, hopefully, that we'll, we'll, we'll maintain our strength and remain strong. Rugby on Off The Ball. With Vodafone, official sponsors of the Irish rugby team. We all belong to the team of us. And I think winning it the first season out with an All-South African final is good. It'll be very interesting to see what happens in the European Cup as well. Like another pot of cash, hopefully, for the South African teams from, from your guys' perspective. And a, a big competition that I'd say a lot of the... Um, Certainly the English and French clubs will be terrified of coming up against some of those strong South African teams in a way that maybe they would have been quite happy to face a Welsh side or a Scottish side or uh, back in the olden days an Italian side. Yeah, so, so, so possibly. I, you know, I think players also, you know, they want to test themselves against the best in the world and some guys might be a little bit, you know, wary and, and maybe not like it. And I think the travel and the heat, the, you know, December, I think of Harlequins coming from London to, to Durban in December, it'll be, you know, probably three or four degrees in London and it'll be 30 degrees and, and really humid in Durban and it'll be a real tough tough challenge but the same will be you know for the SA teams when they go over so 
as much as you want to judge yourself against the best, and I must tell you this, the South African teams won't see it as you know, a pot of money. They'll, they'll see it as an opportunity to fit themselves against the best in Europe and, and hopefully to come out on top. And it's going to be tougher. It's going to be great. And it's, you know, it's a new challenge. And, and, and we all want new challenges. We all want to be pushed a little bit further. And the players are no different. One of the things that was is obvious, I think, from um, you know the, the way the competition is going at the moment is that there's genuine strength and depth in South African rugby, um, and you know we've we've benefited from great South Africans coming to Ireland. You know, traditionally it would have been Ulster, and, and now obviously uh, it's at Leinster as well. And uh, it's clear that that talent pipeline is really strong. And that was a very interesting thing that um, Nyanabar and, and Razi or Razi and, and Jacques did when uh, they would happily name a completely different team, particularly in that Welsh period, and again through the rugby championship, where it was like. Who is the strongest team? What is the, the first 15, really? It looks to me a little bit like, again, notwithstanding the injuries, that this is about as strong a team as they could have picked for the Ireland game. Is that fair? That's very fair. And, and I think there's, uh, you know, there's probably, probably our biggest loss is Lucanio Amla at 13, and he's obviously out for a little while. Um, I think he's, probably, he's arguably the best number 13 in world rugby at the moment and the way he, he plays for South Africa because we don't get to see the best of him always wearing the Springbok colours because the game plan doesn't always suit him as such an exciting outside back. Um, we, we miss him terribly, but you know, aside from that, Pollard, Damien Willemse, I'm quite happy to see Damien Willemse having a go there and, and us trying to maybe expand our horizons a little bit. Um, Chesham Colby at 50 might be, you know, might be wonderful to so, um it is. It is. You know, barring one, maybe two, it is quite probably our strongest possible team. And I think where we, we have the luxury is we have, as you quite rightly point out, we have all that depth and all that talent, and we're able to chuck them in the deep end, and we're able to maybe even now during this, this autumn series with the FAA side playing against the Bristol Bears next week and then playing in, in Ireland a, a week later or two weeks later. It is it is a chance to throw some of those youngsters into into the cauldron and you know, test them in a night game against a good side in different conditions, in a you know feisty environment, it's it's a wonderful testing ground and it's a wonderful breeding ground. So, you know, the, the talent continues to be tested. They continue to grow in uh, in really confrontational and competitive environments, and, and that brings out the best in everyone. How important is this game when it comes to the World Cup from a psychological perspective? Does it matter at all? Um. I'd love to say no. I'd love to say no, but I think it does matter a little bit. You know, psychologically, the one fear that everyone has for the Irish is that they tend to peak between rugby world cups and they get to world cups and and uh, they don't deliver. And uh, you know, that would be the one fear we have because we want to see them do well. I mean, we all love Ireland as, as a nation, and we, we we love the team, and we've got some great players that we love watching, and, and they play such a beautiful brand of rugby at the moment, the way they keep the ball. So so it probably doesn't mean a huge amount because a year is still a long time in the world of a rugby player and in the, and in, and in the world of a rugby team. But I would guess if whoever, whoever wins this does get a little psychological advantage and maybe you know, for South Africa it might be a little more important than it is for Ireland because if we get beat, it might all be a little bit of Ireland finding a recipe to beat us and then being, you know, having time to perfect it before the Rugby World Cup in, in 12 months' time. And but actually, at the end of the day, the world rankings right now don't mean a whole lot. And the results, you know, we'd always find a way to overcome them psychologically. Yeah, well, that's the thing. You've got kind of the, the opposite experience of World Cups where all of your best performances 
in a four-year cycle tend to be at World Cups, whereas all of our best performances in Ireland tend to be away from World Cups. So you've yeah. you've accurately pinpointed the exact uh, neurosis at the at the heart of the Irish rugby fan there, Joel. Um, that's exactly yeah. our fear. <laughs> It is, you know, and I think of you, you know, the one guy stands out now. I mean, Johnny Sexton's 37 already. He is so important in, in that Irish lineup. Um, will he make it to, you know, to the World Cup? I'm sure he will, but at 38, you know, he's, he's, he's so, so pivotal in, in, in that lineup, but he's, he still contributes enormously and he still has that burning desire. How will he be managed today? You know, there are little, you know, little questions that need to be answered at Ireland. I'll to find a way to overcome that stigma. Yeah, I don't know. One last thing for you, right? So, obviously, the World Cup group, uh, the winners of our group will face the team who finishes second in the group that also houses New Zealand and France. And the team who finishes second in our group will finish the winners of that group. Is there a a strong feeling either way in South Africa? Do you have a strong feeling either way about who you'd prefer to face in a World Cup quarterfinal? So, so, I mean, it's not often we say it. I I don't think the the Springboks would agree with me, but but I, I think to play France in a quarterfinal would be catastrophic. They, um, they just, that, that is the one team we'd want to avoid. Oh, you know, the French sometimes don't always deliver three big performances in a row. But the one thing they, they do do unbelievably well is on the first possible occasion to deliver a massive performance, they deliver it. You know, they've knocked the All Blacks out of the World Cup as favourites a couple of times in the quarterfinals. They've, um, they, they've, that, First quarterfinal that, that France play, I don't think you want to play them in that game. So I, was, I think we probably fancy playing the All Blacks uh, before we play France. But uh, either way, it's going to be massively tough for for both Ireland and the Springboks. Uh, last question then: What's going to happen in the game tomorrow? What do you expect? To, uh, is it a South African win by a few points, or what do you think? Oh, I think it's going. I think it's going to be really close. I see Robbie Henshaw's uh, injured and has had to withdraw. McCluskey's a a really good replacement, um, great replacement. In fact, I, I really enjoy watching him. He's big, strong, powerful. He gives him some uh, another dimension. Um, it's going to be really close, and uh, I'm a little concerned. I think I think um, I'm a little worried. You know, we've got a great pack of forwards, big and strong. Peter Steps, the toy's not been in great form. We we haven't played as a unit for you know, a month or so. Um, I'd like to think the heart says we'll find a way to win it, but uh, I am a little concerned. All right, Joel, that was brilliant. Thanks a million for joining us. Cheers. Only with pleasure. Lovely chatting. Have a super weekend and let's hope it's a great game. That's uh, Joel Stransky giving us his thoughts on the game there this evening on Friday night's Off the Ball. Rugby on Off the Ball. With Vodafone, official sponsors of the Irish rugby team. We all belong to the team of us.